1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful, and thank you once again for making Lock On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage and also your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On Patriots is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Download, subscribe to follow Locked On Patriots wherever you get podcasts to ensure that you get the latest episode as soon as it's available. I'm your host, Mike DeBate. I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Sports Illustrated. Reach out to me and let me know what's on your mind on X at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. While you're out there showing social media love to Locked On Patriots, please be sure to follow our account there as well at L O underscore Patriots. And today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed and Pats fans. It is a short turnaround for your New England Patriots this week as they will travel to the Steel City for a Thursday night matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers, already shaping up to be an interesting one in terms of who will be playing and who won't be. And of course, we're still not ready to completely leave the Patriots Chargers behind. Our grades for that game in today and of course, if we're talking grades who else but my Patriots pies on and our Pats professor here on Locked On Patriots, columnist extraordinaire for Patsfans.com, as well as being the co-host of another amazing Patriots podcast, Patriots 4th and 2, alongside Derek Havens. He is my buddy, Steve Balistrieri. Thank you so much for joining me here today, Steve. Welcome back to the pod, buddy.
0: Yeah, it's a little earlier this week. Usually we do it at the end of the week, but uh, hey, things being what they are, we're ready to jump in and and talk about the Chargers game, which probably most fans would rather forget, and the upcoming game against the Steelers. <laughs> and as you said, I mean, um, you know, this is shaping up to be an interesting one because now uh, key players from both teams will be missing.
2: Yeah, without question. And we'll start there, Steve, before we delve into the Steelers or even further into the debacle that we saw on Sunday at Gillette Stadium uh, with the Patriots and the Chargers, the second home shutout of the year for the Pats. But obviously, this game's going to be remembered for the impact it has on Ramondre Stevenson. Unfortunately, the MRI, the tests done the last 24 to 48 hours confirmed that it was indeed a high ankle sprain for Ramondre Stevenson and that he is going to miss, quote-unquote, a few weeks. Not putting a timetable, a definitive timetable on that, but with five games remaining on the schedule, Steve and the fact that the Patriots are playing more for enhancing their draft position really than anything else at this point, I think Patriots Nation seems to be in full agreement that there really is no reason to rush Ramondre back. But again, you take a level-headed approach and a reasonable approach to all of this, my friend. Is there an argument to be made for Ramondre getting back on the field in 2023? If there is, I'm not seeing it right now. Not really.
0: I mean, I I wouldn't rush him back by any stretch of the imagination. And, uh, you know, if he's completely healthy, which really nobody is at this time of the year, but, you know, if he's fully recovered from that and he wants to finish out the season on a high note, then by all means, I would let him play. But uh, I I wouldn't rush him back. The only reason I, I was looking forward to seeing him down the stretch is, He still, as of Sunday, had a a very realistic shot at reaching 1,000 yards uh, Mm. this season again. It would have been back-to-back years for him. You know, the way he had been progressing upward, you know, uh, he had had to average 70 yards per week, which was, I think, doable for him. And he was definitely off to that great start, right? Uh, He had Mm. like 40 yards in the first quarter, And then on his last carry, you know, he hurt his ankle, he fumbled the football, he lost the yard. Um, But, you know, that would be the only reason I would think to bring him back. And now that seems to be out of the realm of possibility.
2: Yeah, without question. I mean, anytime you have an opportunity to earn a milestone like that, which would actually be a Bill Belichick milestone as well, not typical for Bill Belichick to have a running back in his stable that has back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons, especially during his tenure as uh, Patriots head coach. So this is uncharted territory for New England in a lot of ways. And Ramondre... Really, I think is such an exciting runner and a dual threat runner and someone that can be a weapon out of the backfield. What he's done recently, Steve. The Ramondre of old, breaking tackles, being able to find seams, utilizing his skills sometimes to open holes that may not even be there for the average runner because of the problems you're having with the blocking on the offensive line. So you look at the futility of the way the Patriots are playing offensively, it's almost a situation where you're like, okay, well, you know what? It may not be in our best interest to rush him back. And again, if there's even a doubt in Ramondre's mind that he's not 100% ready to go, I think at this point, you shut him down and you look to 2024, because this is a valuable cornerstone on which the Patriots need to build. And you're seeing that each and every week, this kid is truly um, someone that uh, uh, New England needs to rely on in the short term and in the long term as well. Steve, staying on Ramondre for just a second, if in fact Ramondre is going to be sidelined, we know he's definitely sidelined for Thursday night. There's no question about that. Conventional wisdom will tell you that Ezekiel Elliott is going to continue to take the majority of the snaps at the position. He'll be your lead guy. I think he deserves it at this point. He's played relatively well, both as a runner, as a blocker, even as a backfield receiver. I think he's shown a little more prowess in that area than maybe um, most Cowboys fans and a lot of people out there told us he had left. But when you look at this squad right now, who is going to take on the load behind Ezekiel Elliott right now? Do you think it's going to be Ty Montgomery, Kevin Harris, or maybe even Jermichael Hasty getting a call up uh, from the practice squad? Who do you see taking that mantra as next man up?
0: I, I think, uh, you know, Ty Montgomery would probably see uh, more snaps, then you know he's been getting, but uh, I I would think it would behoove them to bring up Kevin Harris from the practice squad because uh, you know if anything would happen to Zeke, you need that big, you know, bruising type of running back. That's what this uh, offense is yeah. predicated on, and I I would like to see that. <clears throat> you know um, they I they haven't brought up to Michael Hasty. And haven't used him yet, so it'll be interesting to see how they go with this. I think it'll be Kevin Harris we brought up, but I think Ty Montgomery
2: will see a lot more work to give, uh, you know, Zeke a break. Yeah, Montgomery has the ability to be a pseudo triple threat now, he's not going to move the needle in terms of. Being the missing piece of this offense and all of a sudden things are going to start to click with Ty Montgomery getting more covers, but folks, he can settle into a notable role on third down. If the Patriots need him to be the third down guy, he can do it. Um, He can be a Z receiver option, maybe the third one uh, in that Patriots lineup right now. He's capable of getting those types of looks on select packages because you know he loves to play off the line of scrimmage that's where I is at his best again it's going to be whether or not he can stay healthy and whether or not he can actually get to play a prominent role on this team all we've been hearing the last couple of years is promise and potential when it comes to Ty montgomery but it almost seems like universally there is a medical setback there is a health-wise setback that prevents him from reaching his pinnacle so Maybe this is the opportunity to do it, but I agree with you. I do think Harris will be called up, Um, maybe signed to the 53-man roster, at least for Thursday. You would have to think he's going to be a game-day elevation. Uh, That straightforward power runner, he can provide short yardage protection, really, I think, a very optimal complement to Ezekiel Elliott at this point, so... Steve, again, the Patriots have to dip into the well and see who's going to be able to carry on the mantra of do your job and uh, next man up. Patriots already suffered a devastating injury on offense earlier this year with Kendrick Bourne. The opposite side of the ball, they've been decimated. Matthew Judon, Christian Gonzalez, Marcus Jones. You add Ramondre Stevenson now to this list, albeit not the level of those injuries, but the time of year is definitely a tough one for the Pats. And Ramondre is done for the year. Uh, he's definitely given you everything he can to make sure that the offense was at least respectable. Didn't get a lot of help from his oh, well, colleagues on the offensive side of the ball. And what better way to segue into grading your New England Patriots, folks? Steve and I have channeled our inner Dean Wormer for far too long. Yeah, folks, it may not be pretty, but you're not going to want to miss it. I guarantee you that grading your New England Patriots top to bottom offense to defense tip to tail when this episode of the Lockdown Patriots podcast continues a proud part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. On listeners, we've all been there. You want tickets to the big game or your favorite musical artist, and you just can't find an easy and affordable way to do it? Well, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and the easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy and theater and events near you. From Celtics to Bruins to Mariah Carey, just a few of the exciting events coming to the Boston area on Game Time. And Game Time's all-in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. They're actually obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. And that includes zone deals, where you pick the section and GameTime picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or roll for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, so again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Pats fans thank you once again for making locked on patriots a daily part of your new england patriots coverage and also your first listen each and every day and here today on locked on patriots we are grading your new england patriots week 13 performance a six to nothing shutout by the los angeles chargers you can't imagine that these grades are going to be very pretty but again folks the man with the grades is the man with the reason, the wisdom and the counsel, and that's why we always value his opinion each and every week here on Locked On Patriots. Steve Balistrieri, the Patriots on the Pats professor, you can call him whatever you want, folks, but make sure it's respectful because he deserves that. Buddy, I don't know where we go from here when it comes to grading the New England Patriots. There are only so many times you can hand out a 0.0 GPA or an F- minus or whatever type of grade that you want to give these Boutarskian Patriots as they continue to plod through the 2023 NFL season. But that's where we are, unfortunately, for better or for worse. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. You took a very reasonable, and I think a very even-handed approach on this. Your overall grades that stuck out to you on offense, I guess we'll start on quarterback. Bailey Zappi, trying to do the best with what he had, didn't really perform all that well. But to say that he's the sole reason why the Patriots offense installed is simply not accurate in my opinion.
0: No. And, you know, we've been saying that all year, even when we were grading Mac Jones, right. Um, it, the, their issues go far beyond the play of the quarterback. Now, you know um, the bottom line at the end of the day, we grade our, our quarterbacks on, you know, how, how they do overall, are they putting up points? Are they giving their team a chance to win? And the bottom line this week, they never got into the red zone. They scored zero points. Um, was it all Zappy's fault? No. Just like it hasn't been all Mac Jones's fault all year long. You know, I, I wrote about if this team – if, if there was an injection of a clutch gene that you could inject into the offense, the Patriots need a double dose because at times, you know, uh, and I wrote, you know, Zappi started off poorly. He was throwing behind uh, guys. He missed this, you know, a late throw, uh, you know, it, 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 and the play calling was very conservative in the first half, which added to the Patriots misery. But then you know he wasn't helped by his receivers either. I mean uh, that throw to Tyquan Thornton it, it it seemed like it was a tad long, but you know maybe he should catch that. I don't, I'm not going to sit here at this point. Again, the, the long pass to Devonte Parker. I thought Parker made a great play um, to haul in the football, and then unfortunately his left foot bounced out of bounds. But again on that play. Where was the pass interference call? You know, so it's it's just like a you know,
2: yeah,
0: this <laughs> mixture that keeps coming up. But uh, you know, we were all hoping that Zappy would inject a little bit of life into the offense uh, because they've been so down. It just didn't happen. Um, is it? And again, it's not all on him. He, like Mac Jones, he was missing Kendrick Bourne. He was also mm-hmm. missing DeMario Douglas, who Very I think had been the two best receivers this season. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's tough to put it all on him, but the bottom line, he didn't get the job done. Uh, there was place to be had on the field once again. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I, I wrote, <laughs> I'll add one more thing to it. I, I wrote that the defense must wake up every week Hearing Sonny and Cher, <clears throat> like Bill Murray did on Groundhog Day, <laughs> wash, <laughs> rinse, and repeat, right? It's like yeah, the same true. thing. Defense holds them, gives them a chance to win. Oh, the cool.
2: offense can't get it done. That's no, it's true. You're absolutely right. And look, bottom line, folks, you can talk about quarterback play and you can talk about futility from individual players yeah there were plenty of players that would love to have that game back taquan thornton probably being the most obvious in terms of not being able to snag a single reception at the 39 yard run that really i think was the patriots offensive highlight of the day but bottom line when you can't capitalize on hauling a pass that i believe he should have hauled in i mean i know a lot of people are getting on zappy for that but that was within his grasp As a receiver, you you have to be able to haul those passes in. I'll stand by that. Some people will argue against it, and I can understand where they're coming from, but in my opinion, that was a catchable pass. I'm glad that you mentioned Demario Douglas and even Keishon Butte, because let's not forget that Keishon's big highlight from the preseason, that touchdown that he was able to get extra yards, came from the arm of Bailey Zappi. That was a good connection between the two of them. You have to wonder if that could have uh, maybe been something that he could have utilized this week. Whether or not these two guys had the type of connection that could have led to something better on the field than what we saw on Sunday. But he was definitely missing DeMario, and yeah, you are missing that leadership from Kendrick Bourne. The tight ends were missing in action. Hunter Henry, four targets, caught only two of them for 15 yards. Neither Farrell Brown nor Mike Kosicki were targeted or obviously had a reception. Yeah, you can use Farrow as a blocker. He got quite a few snaps in that regard. Gasecki played six snaps on Sunday. Uh, That investment is not looking good when you have diminished your role in this offense to that point. And then you look at the offensive line, who unfortunately I thought did regress in this game. They've been looking a little bit better. But when you're responsible or hold some culpability for four out of the five sacks that were registered on Bailey Zappi, you know you're not providing the type of protection you need to make sure that this team is is doing well. And, you know, Connor McDermott coming in, taking the 12-man on the field. team. It's just, again, self-inflicted wounds that the Patriots are nowhere near good enough to play through, let alone play beyond. Um, it just it, it digs a hole that they just can't take themselves out of. And it's not a surprise when you see all these mistakes stacked together that this is a 2-10 and football team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I look at the overall picture of the offensive line on Sunday. I mean, granted, um, I think a couple of times Zappi held the ball far too long, but they just didn't hold up well. I mean, I know Trent Brown is hobbling and you know, the speed rush to the outside, it, it mm. just, it, it didn't look pretty. Um, where he wasn't able to hold up. Leo Mack, you know, on the right side, gave Michael Owen a real hard day. So, you know, that in itself w- wasn't good. And then, honestly, you know, you if you look at the box score, it's kind of misleading because it says the Patriots rushed for 148 yards. And you think, okay, well, they did a great job run blocking. But as you mentioned earlier, 39 of them came on the run from uh, Tyquan Thornton, and, you know, you add up the rest, and they're averaging only 3.5 yards a carry. And, you know, you talked about the off uh, wide receivers and the tight ends. I mean, they're facing what was the worst pass defense in the NFL. They were, you know, uh, allowing an average of 280 yards a game through the air. Patriots are only uh, able to go 140, which is half of that.
2: It's just, yeah. It, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty all the way around. It certainly was not pretty. And the grades, bear that out for your New England Patriots offense, folks. They're more than a little below par, Mr. Hoover. They stink. <laughs> and the New England Patriots, unfortunately, now with the loss that they're going to incur of Ramondre Stevenson, don't look like things are going to get much better, folks. Against a Steelers defense that has been known to cause problems for opposing offenses this year. Steve, we're going to talk about those Steelers in just a minute, but it wouldn't be a full report card, folks, unless we gave some glowing grades. And those glowing grades definitely are deserving of this Patriots defense. They did all they could to keep the Patriots in this game on Sunday. If you hold your opponent to two field goals, you should win that game 9.9 times out of 10. Thats did not do it, but that doesn't mean the defense didn't do its job. Steve is going to provide his grade point average on the defense as well as mine, and we're going to take a very early look at the Pittsburgh Steelers in anticipation of Thursday night's matchup. All this and more when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast wraps up right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown listeners, I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk for just a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my family members gets sick while a supply chain issue keeps them from getting life-saving medication they need. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any one of us. So visit Jace Medical and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast,
2: part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Patriots fans, thank you once again for joining us here today on Locked On Patriots. Of course, folks, Steve Balistrieri joining me here today from PatsFans.com to lend his wisdom, his counsel, and his grade sheet. Locked on Patriots today for the Patriots performance against the Chargers. Steve, we've already established the offense continue to fall to depths that we didn't know they could fall to. And now with Ramondre Stevenson out for the foreseeable future, it's not looking good for the Pats scoring unit, but I think we owe this defense a little love. And I think we owe them that love in terms of pretty good grades, especially for the front seven. When you hold a team that has Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler, whether they've lost a step, whether they look like themselves or not, when you hold that team to two field goals, your defense has done its job. And then some Patriots did everything they could to keep this team in the game from a defensive standpoint on Sunday. I thought the defensive line and the linebackers were excellent in this game.
0: Yes. Uh, defensive line and linebackers both rated an A for the day. And I don't think you can argue with that. I mean, You know, I thought the D-line had a terrific game on Sunday. Um, You know, the Chargers were held to just 1.2 yards per carry. That's with Austin Eckler, 29 yards on 24 carries. Eckler ended up with 18 yards on 14 carries. That is Mm -hmm. doing the job. I I thought uh, Devon Godchow, Lawrence Guy, Christian Barmore, they all had great games because – That's, you know, that's what your first focus is, especially on a weather day, right? You know, you think Mm. with with bad weather, (laughs) you know, the uh, opponent wants to run the football to, you know, take away those weird things that can happen in a weather game, right? Um, And I thought the Patriots answered the bell and then some. uh, Dietrich Weiss was missing this week. The the rookie Keon White, he steps up, plays 87% of the snaps on defense, you know, he he chips in with four tackles, uh, three run stuffs, and a quarterback hit. I mean, I thought those mm-hmm. guys were outstanding. And the linebackers, again, Juwan Bentley, Jelani Tavai. I know Bill was raving about Jelani Tavai uh, yesterday on yeah, WBEI. And, and, you know, deservedly mm-hmm. so. I mean, uh, those guys were just all over the field. They were making plays. And you know your defensive line is doing its job because they're holding everything at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, then your linebackers are cleaning up. I thought uh, Anthony Jennings had another solid day, a couple of run stuff. Mac Wilson showed up uh, on a couple of plays, as did Josh Uche showing his speed with a tackle for loss. So these guys, I thought, your front seven did an outstanding
2: job. I, I don't think there's... Anyway, yeah, you could break it down any other way. And you mentioned some of the guys that had big games like Jelani Tavai and Jawan Bentley leading the team with eight tackles. <clears throat> when you have Josh Uche, Mac Wilson, Anthony Jennings showing up in the stat sheet and registering notable plays on the stat sheet, that's a real, real testament to how good your are defensive line especially your defensive front seven really because I want to include the linebackers in that as well uh Keon White definitely getting uh, a good look and showing what he can do three run stuffs uh for Keon so little something there to bite onto in terms of him projecting as a five tech player I do think he has the ability to do so uh maybe he hasn't seen the field as much as he needs to this year or given you uh, enough of return on that second round investment folks but be very patient with Keon White. There is a player there that I think is lurking below the surface that you're going to see really, I think, blossom, maybe even before the end of the year, but definitely uh, into 2024. Uh, this kid has it all, and he's got the intangibles to be a solid and fearsome defender for a number of years to come. And He's got that little bit of attitude that I think Patriots uh, players and uh, his teammates are going to love to have as well. So, Yeah, I agree with the front seven being uh, uh, very good. Uh, Steve, before we take our leave of this subject, uh, the cornerbacks and the safeties uh, probably had a little bit of a rougher day than the front seven. Uh, I think the corners especially got bailed out by a couple of key drops that could have made this game a little uh, tougher uh, to grade on them. Uh, The Quentin Johnston drop, obviously, is the one that's going to stand out to everybody. But ultimately, I thought JC and Jonathan did a decent job in trying to contain what the Chargers had available. And another solid day for guys like Jabril Peppers, Kyle Duggar, and Jalen Mills, I thought, showed up for this game on Sunday.
0: Yeah, uh, and I I totally agree with that. If, if I wrote the same thing. I mean, the secondary I graded out as a B. Uh, it could have been a lot worse because the, the Chargers did have some drops. The Patriots had some misplays in there mixed in as well. But the bottom line – the end of the day, Justin Herbert threw for only 212 yards. He had a passer rating of 75.5, no touchdowns. So, I mean, you can't argue with the results. Yes, you can nitpick with some plays in there. But just like, you know, the Patriots had plays that they missed, it, it goes with the territory. But, you know, I, I thought, um, you know, th- they had kind of a mixed bag. But Jonathan Jones, I thought, was outstanding. I mean, we all know he's been playing banged up. Keenan Allen, he held to five catches, 58 yards (coughs) on nine targets. I think, you know, if you went into that game saying
2: that, the Patriots coaches will take that all day long. Uh, especially Jonathan Jones, and I'm glad that you mentioned him. Uh, congratulations to Jonathan, who is the Patriots 2023 um, nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award that will be awarded in February right before the Super Bowl. Uh, Jonathan is truly one of the pillars of the community. The work that he does uh, with equality in sports and, and his fight to eradicate hunger is something that is truly remarkable. So a tip of the cap to Jonathan Jones. Congratulations. Thank you for being an inspiration both on and off the field for Patriots fans, NFL fans, and really anyone in any walk of life. Very well-deserved. We hope you can bring it home, but regardless, Pats Nation is definitely proud of you, Jonathan, for all the great work that you do. And Jonathan will be a key to try to shut down Mitch Trubisky and that Pittsburgh Steelers offense on Thursday. That's right, folks. Kenny Pickett suffering the injury. He will not go in this game. The Steelers are known. They're predicated on their defensive prowess. Their offense might be a little bit weakened now without Kenny Pickett under center or at least taking snaps at quarterback Steve I know it's early but it is a quick turnaround time so as you turn your attention now to the Pittsburgh Steelers what should Patriots fans be keeping their sharp eye on when it comes to this team and the Thursday night matchup they have on the horizon
0: well even without Kenny Pickett and with uh, Mitch Trubisky in there I think it, it, it comes down to Pickens right you, mm. you have to keep an eye on him absolutely um you know, both offenses have struggled this year. Pittsburgh's offense ha- hasn't struggled nearly as bad as the Patriots. Um, but, you know, I think it comes down to Pickens. I think, you know, it's going to be a tough matchup. Who's ever guarding him uh, because he is a dynamic kind of receiver. So I'd be watching that. That Pittsburgh defense is always tough. Uh, they get after the quarterback and – The Patriots' offensive line has their work cut out for them
2: this week. Yeah, without any question. It is not going to be an easy matchup for that offensive line. And coming off of a game in which you saw a little bit of the same problem start to creep in again, you have to wonder whether or not this Patriots team is going to be able to stave off a very hungry Pittsburgh Steelers defense that can get after the quarterback and they'll definitely do that in a hurry, and I'm glad that you mentioned Pickens because he is definitely someone to watch for. Folks, we're going to break this match up down, inward, outward, up, and down, any way you can imagine, and we're going to slice it up for you in the form of crossing the streams here on Locked On Patriots as my good friend Christopher Carter, host of Locked On Steelers, joins me on these airwaves as we cross over the Steelers and the Patriots Thursday night football coming up for you, and bud what can i say in the meantime we thank you for lending your wisdom your counsel to locked on patriots as you do each and every week here on the pod before i let you go please let everyone know where they can find you reach out to you and what we can expect from the great pen and the great voice of steve balistrieri in the coming week
0: thanks for having me uh as always my friend uh you can find me on twitter at steveb7sfg i write for dot com. Uh, my column this morning was the uh you know, Patriots report card against the Chargers, which I'm sure a lot of people don't want to read the first half of it because that deals with the offense. But, uh, you know, we'll be looking, uh, obviously, at the Steelers game upcoming. And, you know, I think it's going to be a, a rough night for the
2: offense, but we've seen stranger things happen in a, in a short week. We have seen stranger things happen in a short week, folks. You know what? Just when you think you have this Patriots team figured out, they throw a little wrinkle into plans at times, and you have to wonder if maybe this Thursday night game on short rest could be just what they need to maybe turn the fortunes around. But again, most of you out there in Patriots Nation kind of liking the losses right now. You're embracing the losses (laughs) because you want that top draft pick. And there's an argument to be made for that, Steve. I can't necessarily argue, but just remember, Wins are a good thing, too. And in that vein, we will be breaking down the Patriots Thursday night matchup with the Steelers here on Locked On Patriots on Crossover Thursday. But in the meantime, a tip of the cap and a nod to the gods to my good friend Steve Balistrieri for lending his wisdom, his counsel, his reason, and most importantly, his report card of the New England Patriots here on today's episode. And again, folks, we thank you for lending your time to Locked On Patriots and making us a daily part of of your New England Patriots coverage. On behalf of my Patriots, on Steve Balistrieri, I'm Mike DeBate, reminding you to stay safe and to stay well and to be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you back here again tomorrow on Locked on Patriots.
1: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.